Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I'll be covering all the Knicks news. So, from the draft and all, still explaining what went on there, and then also free agency. Of course, we know about Jalen Brunson, and then the re-signing of Mitchell Robinson. And then I'll come after these keyboard GMs that think they know it all. I got a little message for you as well, so... Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so I've given you all the free agent talk thus far. We talked about the trades as well that went down and so forth. We talked about all that's going on in the borough of Brooklyn. With those nets over there. The complete and utter mess that it is. Let's talk about the Knicks, shall we? So, I want to take this episode to break down what's going on with the Knicks and so forth. So, um, let me just say, this isn't your father's Knicks sort of front office here. It seems like these guys are moving in the right direction. They're not jumping at the first deal that comes out there. They're not doing things of the past, bringing in aged veterans and uh, who have injury issues and those sort of things, injury history and things of that nature, who they're not overpaying per se for guys as they did in past um, past times where they couldn't even get rid of guys. They seem to be doing it the methodic way. And being methodic doesn't work for a contingent see of this fan base here. Um, there's a certain segment of this fan base who thinks running a franchise is like running a fantasy basketball team. Where you can just move pieces around and and uh, and everything will work out. It takes a lot more than that to run a franchise and make the pieces fit and so forth. So, for all you keyboard GMs out there, um, either you buy into what's going on here, or you moan and complain. On social media, put out this and put out that. But make one thing clear. The front office isn't running to Twitter to read your comments and making moves um, based on that. They're not going to do that. So whine, complain, do all you want. It, but it's it's going in the ether, basically. It's going to your peoples and so forth. It's not moving the front office and any which way know how so and thank goodness because you don't want to run your franchise based off the fans demands you can't do it you cannot do it so you go with what you think is right and hopefully going forward that will be what uh lifts this franchise from the ashes so so with that said, I'll, I'll probably say more about that, but I wanted to start off that way. So let's start with 
draft night. Let's start with draft night because, again, I think a lot of people are confused, still confused with what went on that night. Uh, the Knicks in this draft. This draft, again, I'm going to say all in all, this draft, you maybe get one or two needle movers. Uh, I think Jaden Ivey can be one of those guys who moves the needle. I think the other guy um, could be that Keegan Murray guy uh, for Sacramento. Could be him. Uh, I think maybe a couple more here and there. But um, I don't think anybody's going to move the needle right away, maybe down the line. But, uh, again, you know, um, the Knicks weren't that thrilled with where they were in the draft at number 11. Again, you know, they got some wins down the stretch with Tibbs uh, back in April towards the end of March. Should they have lost those games and got a chance to move up higher? Sure, they could have lost the games. But, again, I prefer the development of these guys getting some wins under their belt and feeling good about themselves as opposed to moving up in a draft that was iffy to begin with um, after the first four or five guys. So with that said, the next deal, the 11th pick, who was Usman Dane, he was the 6'10 um, big man out of France. Um who's, you know, very raw. He needs some work. Dealt him to OKC. OKC is a place where you, you can be patient over there. You can kind of, you know, um, wait on a guy, see if he develops. So the Knicks deal him to OKC for three protected picks. So um, I, I'll deal with what they end up with eventually. So, So of those three picks... They deal one of the picks to, um, along with three second round picks, uh, to Charlotte. And they end up getting the 13th pick in the draft, which is uh, Jalen Duran, um, the young freshman center out of Memphis, uh, 6'11", 250 pounds. And they proceed to deal him along with Kimball Walker. Remember, Kimball Walker was still in the mix with the Knicks. He was still on the roster. So they deal Kimball Walker to Denver. And not Denver, to Detroit. For Milwaukee's 225 first round pick. And which is a top four protected pick. So more likely than not, that will convey come 2025 so so the Knicks now have that pick along with a 2023 pick via Detroit which is a top 18 pick I doubt if D Detroit um, I doubt if Detroit is a top 18 team uh, even with all the additions they made so forth they're still in rebuild to me at least and then you have 2023 first rounder via Washington. 
which is a top 14 pick, which means uh, Washington would have to be around the top seven in the East or so, seven or or even eight, depending on what happens in the West. So um, could that happen? Oh, that could very much happen where this pick conveys because you brought back Bradley Beal. You made a deal. You brought in uh, Monty Morris, a uh, point guard from Denver. Also, Will, Will Barton, who's a small forward, is going to work out for you there. Um, you still have Porzingis. You still have um, Kyle Kuzma there. You have the centers there. They're solid. Uh, and Daniel Galford and Thomas Bryant. So, um, yeah. And then, of course, you have, um, you know, picks and so forth. So, you have players there. So, you have a chance there. I do like the job that Wes Unseld is doing. So, this pick could convey. This could convey. I'm not all that confident in the Detroit pick. Although it's possible. Um... It's possible if they overachieve. I mean, you do have a Dwayne Casey there, so um, so it's very possible there. So, um, yeah, so one or two of these picks may convey, and that's okay. The 225 pick, I think, will convey. I think that will convey. Um, so you're, you're going to end up with a couple of first-rounders out of this. Hey, listen, you know, where you was picking from, you, you, you're getting kind of a project any way you slice it. So, you already have young guys here who aren't getting to play in time. So, um, so I have no problem with what they did on draft night. The Stephen A. Smiths of the world, on the other hand, who uh, I believe he has a few, few uh, at least a degree, um, should be able to kind of be smart enough to figure out they didn't like what was going on in this draft so they dealt him and not be this emotional fan he's he's kind of like the keyboard gms out there where he doesn't understand what's going on i think he i think he's kind of smart i would think um you couldn't figure out they wanted out of this particular draft 2023 draft i'm hearing is supposed to be uh Solid draft all the way down. So, so to me, you shaking your head, you praying with Spike Lee. Spike Lee, I can't even go there with him. Um, that, that all that's unnecessary when you don't understand what the plan is. And I get it, I get it. Leon Rose hasn't exactly been forthcoming with what he's doing, he plays his cards close to his vest. You know, uh, which, you know, I have no problem with that. Because you don't want a bunch of leaks uh, falling out there. So, uh, which leads me to what they did next. What they did next, because nobody saw this coming. They traded Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, and they traded uh, 2023 second round picks, a few of those. With along with six million dollars to Detroit, so we're dealing with Detroit again. Uh, somehow Detroit is helping us out, man. And they dealt them for future um, draft considerations, basically. So, um, and it with that deal, because nobody thought it'd be possible, because 
face it, the bottom line is they're targeting uh, Jalen Brunson. That's their target. That's who they've set their sights on for the longest time. Um, and what they were able to do was they shed it $19 million of cap space. They shed it that amount of cap space to be able to uh, off their books. So now they're able to sign Jalen Brunson. No questions asked. They don't have to do a sign and trade to do it. So this way you don't lose your your young players. You don't use lose draft assets, draft capital. You could sign him outright. I think that was a brilliant move. That was a brilliant move because you don't want to you don't want to be in a position where oh yeah I really want the guy but my money you know I don't have the money to do it so let me give you this pick that pick maybe. Have to give you Obi Toppin, have to give you Quentin Grimes, have to give you one of these guys who I don't know what he is, but um, he could be something in the future. So let me give you that in order to bring him here. You don't have to do that. So, so you were able to shred this money off the books. Now you can sign Jalen Brunson outright. And so you did that. Again, brilliant move. Uh, Jalen Brunson's team announced prior to prior to the free agent period that he's they're going to have meetings with Dallas. They're going to have meetings with New York, and a surprise team they're going to have meeting with Miami Heat. Miami cancels the meeting. They say, "Oh, um, you know, it's going to be a, a pretty much a dog and pony show." They're just doing that just to, um, you know, say, oh, at least, at least we talked to other teens about coming over there. So, so there's that. And then there's mixed reports whether it was the Brunson team or Dallas team. Either way, it got canceled. Um, those meetings. So it was basically the Knicks or bus. Knicks. We know. That his father's on on the coaching staff now, Rick Brunson. We know that Leon Rose used to be the agent of Jalen's father. And now Leon Rose's son is the agent of Jalen. So it's all in the family, so forth. So pretty much it was a fait accompli. So, so Knicks get their man. They signed Jalen Brunson five years, $104 million, so $26 million a year. Everybody's complaining now <coughs> and saying, oh, it's the first time a player's gotten a $100 million deal, not with the team he's with, so, so forth. I don't hear anybody complaining about the money Anthony Simmons got. Which is just a million less than what Brunson got per year. A hundred million, four years. I like Anthony Simmons, actually. I like him. But he put up those numbers with a losing team. Whereas Jalen Brunson did what he did with a winning team. A playoff team. A team that went to the Western Conference Finals. And we saw what he did in that first round when Luka wasn't healthy. 
how he just tore up the Utah Jazz. So, i rather get a player who's been with a winning team, performing big, and give him that money for four years, than a guy who's done it. And the Knicks have been there before, because they did with Chris Childs, where Chris Childs was putting up big numbers with the Nets, and the Nets were losing at the time. So, we, we've saw that show before. At least this kid has done it with a winning team. They say, oh, it's easy because he was playing with Luka. Well, when he wasn't playing with Luka, his usage went up. His numbers went up. Oh, by the way, he's 25 years old. When have we brought in a point guard who's not even entering his prime but just scratching the surface? When have we brought in that type of player? When have we done it? I'll wait. Exactly. We haven't done it. So, I love the signing. I love the signing. I love the signing of Jalen Brunson. The fact that, of course, his father used to play here. So, he has some ties with New York. Um, he knows what it means to be a Nick. Um, he knows what it means to have... As Alan Hahn always says, blood in the ground. We got some some players here with blood in the ground. R.J. Barrett, the kid whose family grew up rooting for the Knicks. That's blood in the ground. O.B. Toppin, a father who's a baller. And he grew up rooting for this team. Blood in the ground. Emmanuel Quickly, he's a guy who's taken to the city, who's falling in love with the city. Um, blood, uh, I ain't gonna, it's not blood in the ground per se, but he, he loves, he loves being here. So when you got guys like that on your roster, man, that makes a difference. That really makes a difference, guys. I, I think people are really sleeping on that fact. Um, so with that said, so we have Brunson, he's in the books. 6'1", 190 pounds. So, you know, he's, he's not all that tall, but he's productive. He's productive. So, um, and then you re-sign Mitchell Robinson, thus ending the curse of Charlie Ward, where we have gone nearly 30 years before we have given a rookie a extension. That's got to be... Ah, <laughs> uh, that's... Maybe, I don't know if they keep records like that, but that has to be a record if there was a record kept. That's a long time to go without re-signing a rookie player. That is a long time, guys. So, Mitchell Robinson comes back in the fold. Four years, $60 million. I'll take it. I, I'll take it. I understand the risk involved. You know, he does have an injury history. But what I do like is, on top of that, they signed, uh, they also brought in a Isaiah Hardison, uh, Hartenstein, I'm sorry, Hartenstein, from the LA Clippers. They kind of stole him from them. Two years, eight, uh, 16 million. That is a heist, guys. The, this, this kid is good. This kid is good. 
He was playing with a playoff team in, with the L.A. Clippers. This kid's going to give you quality minutes. And then, of course, you still have Jericho Sims, who's still developing. So you don't have to rush him in the process. He can still sit and learn and so forth and eventually be a guy. So I love that we solidified the center position because you still need a center in this league. I don't care what anybody tells you. You still need a big man in this league. So, so if something were to happen to Mitch, Mitch Rob, we're, we can kind of man the fort for the moment. So, um, so, and then you have these, again, these keyboard GMs, key, keyboard Nick GMs talking about, oh, that's too much money. I heard one guy even suggest you should have got JaVale McGee instead. Just, Hello, JaVale McGee was backing up DeAndre Ayton over there in Phoenix. He wasn't the starter. JaVale McGee hasn't been a starter in maybe a decade. Maybe since his days with Golden State. He hasn't been a starter. So what What are you even talking about? Uh, then I heard someone say, uh, Andrew uh, Andre Drummond. You should have brought him over. Did y'all see the Boston... Brooklyn series, he hardly came off. He hardly came in the game. They were playing Nick Claxton over him, and Nick Claxton can barely hit a free throw. Are you serious? Oh, I'm so glad you guys don't run a team. Oh my gosh. So with that said, I love the fact of Mitch, Mr. Robinson coming back. His problem is his coach. His coach doesn't let, they say, oh, he needs to develop an offensive game. There's, there's YouTube clips of him shooting threes. You think Tom Thibodeau is going to let him hoist the three? Are you are you insane? The, I, the kid, I believe, has offense. I believe he has offense. His problem is he plays for a coach who wants him to play like Joaquin Noah. He don't want him to play like Carl Anthony Towns. So that's the problem right there. That's the problem, guys. It's not the player. It's the coach that wants him to play a certain way. So so don't get it twisted, guy. This kid can play. This kid can play. He, If he had to, I think he could average a double-double easily. But he plays for a coach who wants him to play a certain way. So. So, with that said, um, a lot of pressure now. Speaking of the coach, a lot of, he's in year three now, guys. You know, he had that honeymoon first year where, you know, it was the bubble year. It was, um, you know, the pandemic year. No fans in the stands. Last year, you saw what happened with fans in the stands. Not so good. This year, it's, to me, it's a prove it or lose it year for Tom Thibodeau. You have to prove you can incorporate these young guys and get them developed, get them ready to get out there and contribute to this team. That's the man, That should be the mandate going forward. So uh, what can they do as a team? I'm not sure yet. I don't know what happens with D-Rose, guys. Um, Derek Rose, there's rumblings that he could go to Milwaukee. We'll see what happens there. And then there's the whole situation with Julius Randle. I know he's been working out. He's cut up all that. Julius Randle should not be pounding the rock any longer. 
He should not be the guy pounding the rock, bringing the ball up. I do not want to see him doing that this year. He should be inside with his bully ball um, wrecking havoc there. Um, I don't even want him hoisting all that many threes this year. I don't even want that. Go inside, do your damage inside, and when opportunities come, kick it out to open shooters. You still got an Evan Fournier here. I think he remains here. I'm not sure. So, um, and hey, listen, you, you know, if a deal comes along for a guy that's, you know, disgruntled, um, you know, who's, you know, not happy with this situation. I'm not talking about Kevin Durant. <laughs> that's not who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Kyrie Irving. I'm not talking about either one of those guys. I'm talking about somebody else who may not be happy with this situation. Then you explore maybe um, going in that direction. But until then, you stick with the program. You stick with what you've been going with so far. And you move this team forward. So I'm trusting what they're doing. Um, you know, it can be frustrating at times. But there is a plan in place, it seems. Uh, something I couldn't say uh, under the Phil Jackson regime. Regime. I couldn't say that prior to that. So there seems to be a plan in place. I'm trusting the plan um, going forward. So, and again, you keyboard GMs, uh, you guys, get either you like what we're doing or you don't like what we're doing. If you don't like what we're doing, there's 29 teams out there. You you can. <laughs> You can go and uh, run over there and root for Brooklyn if you like, if you want that drama. But uh, the Knicks seem to finally have a plan. They seem to have things in place here where they're looking to succeed. They're looking to build. So um, remember how frustrated people got with uh, Philadelphia. And, you know, I mean, they're playing much better now. Are they championship material? We'll see. But, um, you know, at least they're a perennial playoff team where, you know, maybe a break or two here and there you can uh, possibly get over the hump. You'll see. But um, I think the Knicks are moving in the right direction. I look forward to the summer league. I want to see a uh, progression of a Quentin Grimes. I want to see what Deuce uh, McBride can give you. We didn't see any of that last year, so. Um, want to see that. Um, I want to see uh, Jericho Sims. He continue, continue to develop. And then there's Trevor Keels, who we hardly even talk about. He was he was a second-round pick in the 2022 draft, coming out of Duke. So he's, um, he's coming from a legendary coach over there in Coach K. Um, a lot of people are saying he could be one of those sneaky sort of uh, steals in the draft. So, he's a guy who's reminiscent of a uh, Desmond Bain. If if I end up with a type of guy like a Desmond Bain on my team, I'm happy. I'm happy because the kid can play. So, um, he's young, you know, and he, you know, so he has to develop. But I'm interested to see what he what he's got. So, I understand Tibbs doesn't <laughs> he doesn't have all the confidence in the world of his rookies and young players and so forth, but he's going to have to change his ways big time because he's got a roster full of young guys 
And then, of course, there's RJ, who's going to be due for a um, rookie extension. Uh, will he get maxed out? Probably not, but I could see him just within that $193 million, $231 million, somewhere within that range as far as him getting read up for the four years. So, And rightfully so, because his arrow is pointing up. I just need him to be more efficient. I think we're going to get that with the addition of Brunson, a guy who can find you in the right spots where you can flourish and so forth. So, uh, so I'm have all the confidence in the world that RJ will continue to uh, project upwards. So, all right, guys. So I'm going to leave it there. Um, again. I'm much, much happier with what's going on in this side of the borough as far as uh, the city of Gotham uh, with the team that plays above the Penn Station. So uh, I'm happy with what's going on there. We'll see what happens. Again, got to be patient. Got to be, um, you want to see the needle moving up. You want to see these guys developing, getting better, getting more competitive, which I think we'll do. I think we'll do that. That's for sure. Uh, so I'm excited. So, all right, guys. So I'm going to leave it there. Oh, and let me just say for the people dying to get their hands on a uh, Donovan Mitchell now that the Rudy Gobert deal went down, I think they're keeping them in Utah. Uh, unless you blow away Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge wants to rob people. He wants to rob people straight up. So I'm not going to get into a thing with Danny Ainge where I got to give up five unprotected picks to get Donovan Mitchell, who is an undersized shooting guard. He's only 6'2", if that. Um, then I'm going to have the shortest uh, backcourt in the NBA with uh, Donovan Mitchell and uh, Jalen Brunson. The It'll be a competitive backcourt, but it'll be a short one. So, um, I don't know if I put myself in that situation. So, uh, for all you guys saying, oh, they got the draft capital. They got the young guys. Uh, you know, uh, if it got to be a so-and-so, if it got to be quickly, if it got to be Grimes, if it got to be OB. If I even heard somebody say, even RJ, no, I'm not doing that. No way. No way, no way, no way. So, um, do not panic. It seems like the Knicks management aren't panicking. Grabbing a star just to keep the fans happy. Uh, if they're unhappy, they can go and jump ship and go somewhere else. So, continue to build the right way and we'll get this thing moving forward. So, alright guys. So, I am done with that. Um, so, I... Gave you plenty of content for you to chew on. So, uh, again, I thank you for listening, guys. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, be safe out there. It's uh, around the 4th of July now. So, definitely be safe out there. Stay healthy and continue listening. And we'll talk soon. So, my peeps, if you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website, www all things basketball with gd.com you can also email me at that sports do gd at gmail.com 
to support this podcast, you can go to my PayPal, and that email is thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. Also on my Anchor page, I have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast. I'm on all the major platforms like Anchor, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, CastBox, Radio Public, Podchaser, just to name a few. And also you can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, and Fanbase. So once again, I thank you for listening and supporting this podcast and take care and be safe.